What are those? Tomatoes. How many of you grow tomatoes? Yeah? Are they easy to grow? Very easy. What, what other sort of stuff do you grow in your garden, John? Rhubarb. Oh, I love it. Becky grows rhubarb as well. Any other takers? What? Hmm? Potatoes. Lovely. Little ones, big ones. All sorts of potatoes. Sturma apples. And they're beautiful. He assures us. Any other things that you grow in your garden? Flowers. Okay, flowers. <laughs> Any? Hmm? Carrots. Wisteria. Love that stuff. Beautiful, beautiful fragrance. So it's growing season. Now, when we start with the growing season, I would imagine that we sort of, we have a vision for what our garden will look like, don't we? We sort of look at the garden and you think, oh, everything's dead and I forgot to clean those leaves and I forgot to compost. And you sort of look around your garden at the end of winter and it's pretty dire. Would you say? Yeah. So nothing's flowered. It's all gone to, to ground. It's died. Perhaps if you've had some, you know, borders or whatever, it's kept going. And, and I've had a very confused winter. My jasmine was blossoming in January. <laughs> um, so it's been a bit confusing because of the climate, climatic changes. And, but you sort of look at this garden and you think, oh, my word. What are we going to do this year? Do you have those thoughts? Yeah? So I'd imagine sort of one of the first steps of, of this planning is going up to home base, perhaps, or Wilkinson's or your local garden centre. And I would imagine, please say if I'm wrong, that you start to buy seeds. Is that right? Yeah? So here we've got some cucumber. Here we've got some spinach beet. And I love it because it comes with instructions. It has a picture of what this thing should look like. Does it not? Hmm? And it, I love this because at the back, oh, look at broccoli. It says what it is. It gives the Latin name. It says I should sow it outdoors, which, you know, broccoli, yeah. Um, or I could sow it indoors if I wanted to. Now, there's a bit of faith. Yeah, And it says, it's got, can you see the little things at the back, the months? Yeah, little picture. I love color. I love pictures. I learn better with pictures. So it's all there, would you say? So there we go. Um, oh, look, some purple broccoli. I love that. Yeah. So we've got broccoli. Oh, oh, I love this stuff. Swiss chard. Anyone else grow Swiss chard? Excuse me? Mm. <laughs> well, in South Africa, we call this spinach. <laughs> okay. Um, when I first came here and I looked at spinach, I thought, what? <laughs> that little stuff? So we call this spinach or maroch 
in, in South Africa. Most of Africa eats the sort of big leaf stuff. Um, wonderful, wonderful stuff. So that's, um, and there it's got real, real pictures, you know. It says autumn, winter, spring, summer. It's got the soil, how you plant it, where you plant it, and what it should look like at the end of the day. And actually, finally, here we've got some lettuce, little gems. Yeah? So in our hearts, we're starting to plan. We, we look at our garden, we look at our pots, perhaps, and we think, right, we're planning, we're thinking, and then we go and explore and we, we find what we need. Perhaps we go to mates and we say, do you have any cuttings? And, and we start to get out all our equipment, yeah? So I've brought um, my, my gardening gloves because I am a bit of a princess. I do my nails. I spend money on my, my nails and they've got to look nice. Um, and I don't like my hands being cut so I've, I've got my gardening gloves. So I get my equipment out. I've only got a small garden. I get my, my little fork and I go and find the spot of earth where I'm now going to dig. And I love it. <laughs> yeah? And perhaps you've got special gardening clothing, have you? Yeah, yeah. Perhaps like me, you're getting old, so I have a, a mat thing that I can kneel on. And man, I'm like a kid. <laughs> dig, dig, dig. And, you know, but in my mind, all the time is this vision of what my garden is going to look like. Yep. So, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about the sort of stages I'm going to have to go through to get my luscious tomatoes. So, I'm thinking about, I've got my seed, and I've got, um, I've got to somehow get this now into a little pot, and I've got to get stage one. And then miraculously, this thing is going to be big, and it's going to have lots of tomatoes. There's another lovely picture that I found. And there's this stage, and, and sometimes I think, I wonder if I just stare at my packet and I prophesy over my packet that I'm going to have spinach. Would that work? Why not? Okay, that is faith. <laughs> that I get this packet, I put it into a little bit of soil, and then I stare at my pot. And I expect my tomatoes to just whoosh, be there overnight. Hmm? Going to work? No. What, does, what do I have to do? Got to water it. Hmm? You've got to keep it warm. And some days I've, I've got to, like Prince Charles, talk to it. <laughs> no, well, I do. But. And, and I've got to look at my little plant, and then I see a bug. In South Africa, we call them hojas. And I've got to flick the bug off. And then I see perhaps a yellowing leaf, and I've got to cut that off. And then some days I go outside. 
and the cat's been at it or the dog's been at it. Now, you're going to shoo, 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 leave my tomato plants. Yeah? And then what starts to happen? I've got to put some tomato, miracle grow stuff. I love that. I think that's my prayer for my tomatoes. <laughs> miracle grow. <laughs> But then what starts to happen is it starts to bud. We start to get the flowers and that excitement. Oh, my word, miracle. Yeah, look. There's a flower. And what does the flower symbolize? There's going to be fruit. There's going to be fruit. And I'm like, whoa. And I sit and stare and I pray and I prophesy and I water and I put the fertilizer on and I prune and I cut away dead things and I protect my little plant from the bugs and the things that would kill it and eat it like a shoo, 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 shoo. Yeah? And eventually, let's go back. Voila. Tom's. And, and isn't it great when people come to visit and you're making a salad and you say, well, I grow those. See, uh, uh, those are mine. <laughs> Have you done that? Yeah? I do that. I love it. Like, oh, look, this is my spinach. Um, I, I love this new breed of, of lettuce stuff and, and you put into a basket and it says there, the more you cut, the more will grow. <laughs> so like every three minutes, a <clears throat> handful of lettuce in the salad. It's like, Whoa. Okay, now you see, when I read Colossians and I read Peter and Paul's letter to the church, I got the sense that he's saying, you know what, guys, this is awesome. This is awesome. You had the seed and you got your little trowel out and you put your jolly gloves on and you've been working it over and there's been growth. There's been growth. There's been that anticipation of more. And it's not just me that gets excited about my tomatoes, but I could see some faces light up here. Yeah? Think, oh, maybe I should try that one. I haven't bought my seeds yet. How many of you sort of run through a quick list of things you need to do in the garden this afternoon, perhaps, or maybe tomorrow? And this is what I sense is what we're getting in this letter. So let's go back to the beginning now. <laughs> it's growing season. You know, as a church leadership team, we, we had the day away, and we've been praying, and you know, we want to see growth. We, as a leadership team, are committed to growth this year. And that literally translates into bums on seat. We want to see growth. We want to see growth. Yeah? So what do we start? What do we have to start doing? Planting. Sowing seeds. And you know, if you don't have the seed, go and look for it. Find the seed. So let's look at the scripture. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. You know, you can go anywhere in the world and you walk into a fellowship 
You're going to feel at home. You're going to feel comfortable. You will have a sense. You might not agree with the way they do it, but the message is the same all over the world. You can buy your packet of seeds. You can put it in the ground. And if you look after that seed, you will have fruit. The principle applies. Whether you're here in the UK, <coughs> whether you're somewhere else in the world, where there's the will, there's the way, and you will look after that seed. Yeah? It is the same message. And we have the most awesome seed of all. Christ Jesus. The message bears fruits fruit and gets larger and stronger just as it has in you from the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing you've been hungry for more and I do I get so excited <laughs> um, because I've had some success and some failure in my garden I want to do it again <laughs> As the spring turns, as the days get longer, as it starts to warm, I think, oh, what am I going to do now? How can I re-envisage and envision my garden? And I'm hungry for more. When we go to the Saturdays, I was very much like Pat. I, I was, I mean, you may not believe this, I used to really get wound up about the Saturdays, prayer rooms, being on the street. I used to feel physically ill. I did not want to interact with people. But you know what? <laughs> the story of Samuel yesterday. Next month I'm going to be there. <laughs> Why? Because I've seen God at work. We saw that man stand up and walk. We saw the, the look on his face as he said, I feel so calm. And you could just sense the Spirit of God wrapping his arms around this man. I want more. And I will go back next, next month because I want more. I want more. I love Paul's terminology in this. It's vigorous. Um, that you've learned it from our friend and a close associate. He is one reliable worker for Christ. I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love has been worked into your lives by the Spirit. He goes on in the scripture that they've not stopped praying for this church, asking God to give them wise minds, spirits attuned to his will so that they can acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. And that, this is going to sound a bit bonkers, but you know, when I'm, I'm busy pottering around in the garden, I often think of the Garden of Eden. And I think, wouldn't it be amazing if Jesus could come into my garden? Yeah? That at that separation, at that point, that to me, my little garden is like Eden, where there is this communion with God. In the cool of the day, when you sit back at the end of the day, and you look around your garden, and things are happening in your garden. 
perhaps in faith, at the beginning of spring. But it's your Eden. Imagine if Jesus came back into your garden and wanted to commune with you. And we heard that today. This is our garden here. When we talk about church, this is our garden. We're all in our garden called Forest Hill Community Church. And we heard when Pat prayed, the Spirit of God is wanting to draw us in. Draw us into his heart. We pray that you'll have strength to stick it out. It is strength that is enduring but it's not a gritting of the teeth type strength. But it is a strength that overflows as joy. And then he ends with this statement, God rescued us from dead end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the son he loves so much. The son who got us out of the pit we were in, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep. Repeating. And as I was preparing this and I was thinking about the garden, I was thinking about growing the tomatoes and thinking about all the process, what I see in this little section, these couple of verses, is really the process of our faith. And we start with that they heard, Paul says, you heard the message. They heard it. So, They've heard the message of hope of the gospel. And that message is a message of Christ, the message of um, eternal life, and that we have this hope. When we look at our garden at springtime, we have that hope that something's going to happen by summer. We have that hope that when we take the seed, in a few months' time there will be, Fruit. Something will happen. Yeah? With this. So that's where the starting point was. This is the starting point of all our faith. That's why we're here. We've heard a message. Somebody told us about Jesus. Perhaps we had a dream. Perhaps we bumped into somebody on the street. Perhaps somebody has been praying for you all of your life. And you hear the word, you hear the message. There's hope. But it starts to expand. Um, that hope, that seed, starts to translate as it grows into faith. And we hear at the end, these guys understood grace. They understood that Christ Jesus, through them, or through him, they had been rescued, redeemed, and forgiven. These are fundamentals of our faith in Christ Jesus. We may say it differently. We may enact it differently. But it's the basics. We have got the seed. But in faith, that seed has to activate. It has to start doing something. Okay? Otherwise, it dies. It starts to then grow, and I hope my arrow shows that. It's sort of expanding, and this is what Paul is saying. It expands as it grows. I mean, does your spinach 
look like one of these little seeds? Does it look completely different? Yeah? I mean, otherwise you could just go to Tesco's, like our tomatoes, and buy the jolly box of tomatoes. Yeah? The seed looks nothing like the fruit. Nothing. And this is the transformation work of Christ Jesus. The transformation from our faith taking root to actually growing. And we need, as it starts to expand, to start bearing fruit, extending love and growing. And we are in the growing season. For many of us, our walk seems to stop. It seems to somehow stagnate at this point. I was touched by what Chris said. Sometimes coming on a Sunday is the most dangerous thing. Because we think we're safe. We think, right, that's it. Now imagine if you only watered your seed once a week. What would happen? It would die. What would happen if you only looked at your little plant once a week? What happened if, if perhaps the frost had got to it or a bug had got to it or some mildew had set in? What happens? It dies. Your fruit gets damaged. And a lot of us, and I, I put my hand up, sometimes we sit back and we think, oh, I went there, was blessed, awesome worship, great word. Um, I'm encouraged. This is great. I look forward to next Sunday. Okay? And a lot of us do it. I do it. Work, it gets busy. The mind is full of all sorts of things. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I'm going on a week's holiday. Hallelujah. Okay? Been a thousand things in my head. And I wasn't supposed to preach today. I'm just stepping in for Jenny. Okay? But I love to preach. Yeah? Because I want more. I want more. So you know what? If someone says, do you want to preach? I say, yeah. Because <laughs> I want more. You see, because as I preach, as I study the word, as I prepare, as I pray... Oh, the love of Jesus just settles over me. And I find that my spirit, my seed is being watered and fed. When we go out on the street, I want more. And I want to see God in operation. I want to, oh, wow. Listening to your response to that story of Sam, Samuel, I could hear it from the back. Someone said, amen, hallelujah. Somebody clapped. I want more. I want more. This must become commonplace. But the only way I can get more is being out there doing. And he says that in this letter. You will see God in operation when you are working. So the more you work, the more you go out, the more you see God at work. So it comes into this growing season, seeing and doing. Your faith can only grow when you see it happening. Does that make sense? Now my faith yesterday went, say, from a five to 120 <laughs> when that man stood up and walked. 
Does that make sense? So when you plant your seeds and you've been staring at the wretched little pots <laughs> and putting the sprinkles of water and putting the heat, what happens when you see that first little It's starting to grow. You're starting to see it. Yes? And when you start to see it, what happens? Exactly. You're happy. You go back. You're looking at those little pots. You're talking to them. Perhaps you're singing in the spirit over your plants. I do because they need that. So faith grows larger and stronger. And this is why as a church, we, we have all these things, the messy church. This is why we have prayer meetings. We're saying, come along. There's a framework for you to get busy in this garden. Now, I recognize many of us have, um, what do you call them, the plots? Allotments. So you may have your own garden, yeah? But there's also the allotment down the road where you're sowing and reaping and doing stuff and socializing. And I, I get that. For me, my allotment is work. Yeah? For me, my allotment um, is, is the project work that I do. That's my allotment. But my garden, my spiritual garden, is here. Forest Hill Community Church. Is this, is this resonating a little bit? <laughs> yeah? So as a leadership team, you know, yesterday I wept, and I just thank God the Holy Spirit moved. And we went from three people to about eight or nine. You have, and I, re I have to confess this to you, I really battled last night when I was preparing because I felt such annoyance in my spirit that when we host a prayer meeting and there's one other person, two people. When we beg you to come to Hope Center for prayer meetings on a Sunday night and there are three or four people. When I see Jenny breaking her back at Here for Good at the Easter Bunny Hat Parade or whatever it was and she's there with 40 non-believers all on her own. I'm sorry. I, it breaks my heart as a leader. And I really had to get before the Lord last night and repent because I don't want to stand in judgment or criticism because I know how busy life can be. When I hear house group leaders saying people don't come, or they're there one week, they're not there next week. We don't get the support, we're burning out. And I'm opening my heart because I have to repent of this stuff. And when the Lord showed me the picture of the garden and the tomatoes, I just, I got so excited. And this picture of the main garden and our allotment. We need all the workers in our garden. All of it. And this is not a guilt trip. This is not a anything. And I recognize the allotments need just as much work as the main garden. 
But I would really implore you when people stand up and say, please come to Messy Church, please support us, please do it. Please come. Do it once. Or when there's Alpha, and we send out the notes saying, please pray for Alpha. Please pray. It takes the burden off. This is our garden, and we are responsible for this garden. This garden is our garden. We've all been given a Forest Hill glove. We've all been given a Forest Hill spade. And I love this church. This church has been my family. When I came to this country all alone, this church supported me. And I love you. And I look at people and I see what God is doing in lives and I celebrate, I get excited. But it's the growing season. The harvest is so rich and wealthy out there. Yesterday stopped a couple. She said, look, I'm an agnostic, he's an atheist, we're not really interested, but our child is deaf and we'd like to make a decision, we need prayer. Yeah? Little boy's name's Evan. And they're trying to make a decision as to whether he needs a cochlear implant or not. And I said, well, actually, God had given me a little picture, and I'd drawn it, and I gave it to Mom, and I said, I sense this little picture belongs to you, and she broke down in tears. She's an atheist. They live across the road. What a privilege. And I want more. I want more. I get so hungry. The more I do. And mine is really narrowed down to the Saturdays and preaching on a Sunday. For various reasons. For other people it's messy church and the Sundays. For others it is um, Alpha and Sundays. For others it is leading um, work at um, the food bank and, and what's the name? There's the, the prayer for the pregnancies. Okay, These are things that we need support. We want to grow our garden. And we want to get hungry for more. These people, and, and Paul praises these people. He commends them because he'd heard that they had a thorough grasp of grace and salvation. Whoops. And all of this had been powered by the Spirit of God releasing love into them. What an amazing letter to receive. And that thought did cross my mind. I wonder what sort of letter we'd receive individually. If God was writing a letter to me or somebody that I knew, that I knew had been praying for me, had sent me a letter, what would they say about me? And that really challenged me. I had to sit and really think about it. Um, this is the hope. <laughs> this is the hope. That when we plant our seed, we will bear fruit. But it does take work. It does take work. We've got to get out our tools. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have a desire, a passion. We have all these tools ready at our disposal. We've got to start nurturing our plants, watering, looking, defending, yeah, giving space to grow. 
And oh, I love this. As Paul then, um, he, he gets through this, this section about saying how great they are and, and he's heard all this wonderful stuff and they've grown and they've been wanting more and they've been nurturing and doing stuff. <coughs> and he says, you know what, I'm going to pray for more. <laughs> and this is what he prays. Um, that they will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Wise minds and spirits attuned to his will. That they will acquire understanding of the way God works. They will live a life worthy of the Lord. And that's learning how to do the work God has set for you. Yeah? And we can only learn that. It's like on-the-job learning. It's on-the-job learning. Having the strength to stick it out for the long haul. That endurance and patience. And you know, it takes patience. It takes patience. But the vision is there that this little seed will produce fruit. The one has to be patient. And this is the hope we have. We have been promised eternal life. We've been promised the heart of God, his love, his strength, his courage, his healing, his compassion, his restoration. We've been promised all of this stuff. And the reason that Paul, he gets so excited, he says, you've got this promise, you've been doing great, I'm going to pray for more for you guys. And I'm doing this because you've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. You have been made citizens of heaven. That is the hope. That when our mortal flesh, when we die, our soul will live forever with Jesus. We are citizens. We have a right. You've got your passport. And it does not depend on an election or whatever. You've got it. You're going there. Because of Jesus, he got rid of our sins. He redeemed and forgave us. The winter is past. The winter is past. It is the season for growing, season for individually for us to grow, to take the seeds that we have within us to nurture that. Think about God, pray, share with others, water, allow the Holy Spirit to water that seed because we have this hope, this hope. But this is our garden. We need to share this message of hope. Stagnation is just not an option in this season. There's going to be movement in this season. There are going to be opportunities in this season to tell people about Jesus. The prayer. Perhaps if we could all just stand for a minute.
just individually. I was going to do it in groups, but I, I just have a real sense that this is an individual thing. What is it you need today? Do you need the knowledge of God's will for your life? Do you need to make decisions? And you're thinking, this needs to be attuned to God's will. He says, if we ask, we're given. Do we need to acquire an understanding of the way God works? Perhaps you're in a situation where nothing makes sense. Just ask him, what are you doing, Lord? How do I need to understand the situation? Is there something perhaps that we can think about living a life worthy of him, the gardener, the creator of the gardener? Is there something we need to adjust? Is there something perhaps where we need the strength to stick it out? We're looking at that pot and nothing seems to be happening. Perhaps we've had strength and we've got tired. We heard the word earlier on that was given. You've been in a rough place, a dark place. Let the light shine. Let that strength, that endurance turn into joy. Perhaps we need to think about, Lord, where can we participate? Where can we participate to share in this inheritance, to spread it around? Perhaps just take a minute, whatever it is in that prayer that you need for the growing season.